0: Chapter 6, Part 2 of A Magician Among the Spirits by Harry Houdini. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 6, Part 2 Dr. Slade and His Spirit Slates. On our second visit, I need recount but three effects. First, difference in the method of obtaining writing on the large slates which began the seance as in the first visit. Slade showed one slate and cleaned it thoroughly. Then, while keeping up a running fire of conversation, he casually reached to the small table, spoken of as having several piles of slates on it, and taking one as though at hazard, placed it flat on the big table, rubbed its upper surface with his fingers and placed a piece of pencil on it, held it under the table. After a pause, he brought it out and taking the upper slate off the under, showed both surfaces without writing. He remarked that perhaps a different piece of pencil would be better and he placed another pencil on the upper surface of the top slate, and then placed the lower slate over it, without at any time having shown its under surface. This surface was found covered with writing, the purport of which I do not now recall. The second variation of the first seance was when Slade asked me if I had ever seen the dematerialization of a solid object. I said I had not, whereupon Slade took a small slate, and looking around as though to find a proper object for his test, picked up a matchbox from the mantelpiece and put it on the upper surface of the slate rather close to where he would hold it. He then placed the slate and its superimposed object carefully under the table, and after a moment brought out the slate without the matchbox. I looked under the table, but found nothing suspicious there. In a moment, Slade replaced the slate under the table, and on bringing it out, we saw the matchbox in its former place. This disappearance did not impress me greatly, as I concluded the whole secret of dematerialization consisted in turning the slate over and holding the box in place by a finger, then after showing the surface empty, the slate was again turned over on being replaced under the table, and so the materialization of the box was realized. The last test was quite startling. Slade drew his chair close to mine, placed one of his hands on the chair back and the other on the table. My hands were resting on the tabletop. Suddenly I felt the chair rise, and I was tipped forward but kept my balance by pushing back with my hands, which, as I have said, were resting on the tabletop. Then the force was quickly withdrawn, and my chair and I came back to the floor with a grand thud. This concluded the second séance. I never saw Slade again. Powell explains the levitation thus. When Slade drew his chair close to mine, he crossed his legs and was thus unable to bring his foot under the rung of my chair. The leg resting over the knee gave considerable leverage to the limb having a foot under the rung of my chair. Now he exerted the necessary strength by pressing upward with his foot and holding the chair back with his hand while the other hand steadied the hole by bearing against the table. Slade took his hand away from the back of my chair for a fraction of a second before he released his foot. I was thus naturally tilted forward and had to exert some force to keep myself from sliding off the chair. This effort kept me from seeing Slade free himself and get his limbs back to their normal position, viz. one hand on the table... And his feet and legs fairly under it. Slade was rather tall, and though somewhat slim, was very muscular. Of course, I did not actually see Slade use his foot to do the lifting, but his position and all the circumstances surrounding the effect tend to prove my claim as to what I believe he did. Further, While I was far from being as strong as Slade, I succeeded in duplicating this levitation by the means I have described. While searching for material about Slade, I heard of an old medium living in Philadelphia by the name of Remigius Weiss, known as Remigius Albus, who had testified before the Sabert Commission regarding Slade's manipulation of the Slates. I went over to Philadelphia, to his home, and there met the only man who had tangible evidence of Dr. Slade. This he thoroughly explained to me. I asked him why he had never exposed it to the world, and he told me that he held back at first because of pity for Slade's condition and afterwards figured that if the fraud mediums and other potential criminals knew Slade's methods, they might make use of the methods to gain control of poor human beings who wished to get in touch with loved ones who had passed away. He did not hesitate to give me full details, and at my request wrote me a letter describing his experience with Slade. I quote it because I believe it to be the best expose ever written of Slade's Slate Writings. August 18th, 1923. My dear Houdini, please accept from me this lockbook and the locked double slate as a small token of comradeship in combating spiritualistic deception, popular superstition, and delusion. The book and the slate were my own. I put the lock and hinges on the slate and prepared the book and a number of other different objects, such as Professor Zollner had when he, in his foolishness, was pleased to be deceived by Dr. Slade's humbug. In order to gain the perfect full confidence of Dr. Slade and to have him give a séance in my home, And in order to counteract and overcome his explicit aversion as to do writing on or between a sealed slate or a locked book, I showed him letters from two eminent and confiding spiritist authors, Dr. Heinrich Tiedemann and Tiedemann's intimate friend Hudson Tuttle, promising to me that they would be present at that séance at 148 Fairmount Avenue. Dr. Slade had handled and inspected that book and slate during a séance at my residence at 148 Fairmount Avenue, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where I, together with Mr. Wertheimeyer, then a student of jurisprudence, and in presence of other witnesses who were concealed and not seen, nor suspected by Dr. Slade, nor his spirits, detected the manipulations, pedalations, foot, leg, and other bodily movements, and the general modus operandi of his simple ledger domain at the séance. I had ready for that séance three different suites of furniture, and thus I found out that he would or could perform only at or on a certain kind of plain, square, or drop-leaf table and ordinary wooden chairs or cane seat chairs. Each person present at the séance wrote, independent of and before communicating with the others, a personal individual report of the séance and signed it within the next few days. A day or two after, I put these papers in my pocket and also another paper I had prepared to serve or use as Dr. Slade's confession to be signed by him. I went to the Girard Hotel, room 24, northwest corner of 9th and Chestnut Streets, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to have Dr. Slade arrested for obtaining money under false pretense or to get him to sign his own confession. There, in his room, number 24, in the Gerard Hotel, I had another, a different seance with Dr. Slade. He again carefully scrutinized the book and the slate, and then, holding the book under the table, secretly and carefully attempted to open the lock with a small key hidden in his handkerchief. Dr. Slade and his pretended spirits could not write in the book. While holding it under the table, he attempted to pull out of the book that thin wooden square frame I had put there at the edges of the leaves so that the small piece of lead pencil could move about. Then, in a similar attempt, he worked and perspired on and over the double slate His spirits could not write in the locked slate, and he could not open it. He said, The spirits seem to be angry at your skepticism. It's no use to lose more time by trying. My guide don't want to have anything more to do with you. Then, upon Dr. Slade's request, I unlocked the slate, and he wrote in the ordinary way, as writing generally is done in schools, two short sentences in the slate. Then he worked the sponge, and turning the written-on side downward, slight-of-hand trick, tried to palm this off, claiming that this is genuine independent spirit slate writing. Up to this time, November fourth, 1882, I had shown to Dr. Slade friendly, joyful attentiveness. We talked about some of my newspaper articles I had published some weeks before he consented to give me a seance. In these newspapers, I had described him, Dr. Slade, as the modern Cagliostro, a celebrated necromancer, martyr, or a charlatan of radical free religious proclivities, fine manners, and humistic, witty, and forceful public lecturer, and most powerful spiritistic medium, who again and again has been and is challenging exposures, and calling special attention to the fact that Dr. Slade has, in his lectures, and otherwise, again and again, publicly announced that he is prepared to pay a thousand dollars to any person that can prove that he, Dr. Slade, is a humbug, or that Dr. Slade's manifestations are trickery, legerdemain, humbug, or in any way fraudulent. Dr. Slade seemed to be pleased by my description. After some pleasant talk as to his appearance with scientists, kings, and other royal persons and rulers in Europe, and his success as a lecturer and his way of living, he gave me his address, number 221 West 22nd Street, New York. Then I asked Dr. Slade that we change roles, he to take my place and be the investigator, and I to play the medium there, in his room, as an experiment— Dr. Slade also said that if I could overcome my skepticism, I would be a good psychic, having mediumistic gifts. I suggested that he should watch me carefully and then honestly tell me as to the effect and impression my manifestations could or would be producing on his mind and eventually on the outcome of the spiritualistic the harmonial philosophy or so-called scientific religion of the spiritists. Then, to his consternation, I earnestly, by actual demonstration, reproduced every one of his manifestations exactly and by the same modus operandi as I and my witnesses had seen and detected as Dr. Slade had performed them. He asked me how and by what means we detected his occult or secret mode or process of wonder-working or miracle. I mentioned that he had positively refused to try any experiment on the first and second sets of tables and chairs, and had requested me to substitute them by a plain kitchen table and chairs of a certain construction. I told him that I had bored observation holes in the corners of the panels, particularly so through the lower corners in the parlor doors, the floor, ceiling, and other places from where my concealed witnesses observed, and having seen exactly all the movements of his feet, hands, etc., below and above the table, saw how he raised, floated, Mr. Wertheimer, sitting in the chair, saw how he, Dr. Slade, with his foot upset chairs, kicked a book, extending over the edge of the table, tossed a slate pencil from the edge of the table, from a slate held under and at the edge of the table, etc., etc. Dr. Slade, now turned very pale and, wiping off the thick perspiration from his forehead and face, said, "'Well, what of it?' and rashly asked, "'Where were Hudson Tuttle and Dr. H. Tidenman?' I reminded him of the fact that they had sent an excuse, being unable, by reason of unforeseen circumstances, to attend that séance in my house.' Then I sternly gave him the alternative that he either sign his own confession as to the fact that he has, during the many years in his career as a professional spirit medium and in everything he had professed or pretended to be genuine, spiritistic or spiritualistic, deceived and defrauded the public. I read the confession to him and sternly demanded— Either you sign this, or you will be put behind the bars. Confession The undersigned, Henry Slade, known professionally as Dr. Henry Slade, the powerful, spiritistic medium, by reason of the force of unfavorable circumstances, years ago became a spiritualistic slate-writing, etc., etc., medium, and spiritistic lecturer, and he herewith confesses that all his pretended spiritualistic manifestations were and are deceptions performed through tricks. Signed, H. Slade. I. R. Vice, had also stipulated that he, Dr. Slade, promises to discontinue his present dishonest criminal method of gaining a livelihood by preying on the superstition of spiritualists and through the gullibility of the public. Dr. Slade then remonstrated and said that I could not affect his standing in the eyes of those who had seen and believed his manifestation, mentioning the Tsar of Russia and others of world prominence. I then walked to the door signifying that my part of the interview and argument was ended, and also conveying the impression as to my intention to have him arrested. He then changed his attitude, and in a cringing manner he pleaded with me to have mercy on him, as he had only this one method of earning a livelihood. All of this, and his pleading, was so strenuous that he fell in a dead faint. Then, after I revived him out of a genuine fainting spell, he begged me to desist from having him arrested, and he signed the confession. Signed, Remigius Weiss End of Chapter 6, Part 2